0: Hello, and welcome to Faculty Feed with me, Dr. Jerry Rabelais, Associate Vice President of Professional and Educational Development at the University of Louisville's Health Sciences Center. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Stacy Sainer, Director of HSC Professional and Educational Development, and Dr. Laura Weingartner, Director of Research for Health Professions Education. Once a week, we'll come together and use this podcast to bring professional and educational development content to feed your hunger and satisfy your appetite so you can magnify your impact as an educator, clinician, researcher, and academic leader.
1: Welcome to Faculty Feed. I am very excited. We have Dr. Edward Miller with us today. He is an assistant professor and the division chief of maternal fetal medicine at University of Louisville School of Medicine. Dr. Miller we are gonna talk about this pre-medical magnet program that we have with JCPS's Central High School. So why should anybody listen to this right now?
0: I I think it's a great uh, opportunity to learn not only about the fantastic program we have at Central, but also about if you have an idea how to get it off the ground and utilize UofL resources with the School of Medicine and UofL Health to kind of put a plan into motion and make the impact that you wanna see.
1: I absolutely love this. So I am really excited to talk about this because I am an educator. I taught high school. Uh, science for many years, and so I just love working with that age group. So let's get started. What brought you to L?
0: So I grew up in Southern California, so I was born in Compton, California, and uh, I always kind of think that, you know, how I became a high-risk obstetrician was kind of a, a, a calling. Um, I was a premature baby myself. I was born to a mother who had drug addiction problems, was raised in the foster care system, didn't have any history of doctors or educators in my family, and I broke my leg my senior year of high school when I thought I was going to go to college to play basketball. And I met my orthopedic surgeon, who then became my mentor. And I would go to his office, and we would look over x-rays, and he would say, what do you see? And I would tell him, and my very last day that I saw him, he said, you're pretty good at this. And I said, thanks. And he said, it seems like you like this. And I was like, I think I do. And he walked out of the office, and he told me, I think a white coat might look better than a jersey and it was this uh the spark that was lit and i had to learn how to study i went to junior college for a couple of years transferred to new york university was fortunate to play volleyball there i went to wake forest university for medical school um and at wake forest university i fell in love with obstetrics and gynecology and maternal fetal medicine Um, then i went to howard university for residency which really kind of sparked my interest in diversity and inclusion work. And then finally did my fellowship in maternal fetal medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. And came to Louisville because I was approached to interview for an MFM job. And they allowed me to meet this fantastic doctor named Dean Gansel. And she <laughs> yes. said, you love diversity work? And I said, I do. And she said, prove it. And I got to meet Tom Miller and they offered me uh, this chief diversity role at U L Health. It was in the midst of Brianna. It was in the midst of all um, of COVID. And they said, you know, I got tasked with every diversity officer, the coolest thing is to say, make change and do good right. and build something. And that's what we're doing.
1: What are you doing in uh, OBGYN? I mean, I know maternal fetal health, but or medicine, sorry. Yeah. But.
0: So um, as a maternal fetal medicine doc, I am in charge of the high-risk obstetrics department at the University of Louisville. So all moms with high-risk pregnancies, so whether it be because mom has high blood pressure, diabetes, management of those conditions, or um, if there's a uh, fetal concern, so if there's a birth anomaly, genetic anomaly, um, and then also the high-risk deliveries as well. So those that um, are at risk of significant complications, um, I manage those pregnancies from diagnosis until delivery. The diversity role is also very, very all-inclusive. Um, you know, I kind of led the COVID vaccination efforts to the underserved communities through UofL Health, and I'm really working right now to kind of unsilo all of the diversity work that's happening across departments, so really I'm getting in very tightly with Dr. Compton at the School of Medicine and trying kind of to allying our efforts with UofL School of Medicine and UofL Health to kind of amplify the, the impact we can make.
2: So when you say that the work's being siloed in different departments, what does that look like?
0: Oh, I'll give a great example. So I think we all know the importance of doing diversity training for our workforce. And when I first got here, that was one of my big pushes. Is like, we at UofL Health need to make sure that we are doing this and offering this training to everyone. Well, UofL School of Medicine was doing it, and then UofL. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like Let's all do one really good one and send it out to all of the UofL enterprises instead of all doing it a little bit different. Because as we know, As a U of L health, I work at U of L School of Medicine too. So if I have to do a U of L health training, then a U of L School of Medicine training, it's harder because time is the rate limiting factor. So it's like less be more impactful and also be respectful of time, and really make sure that the time that they dedicate, they get the most out of it. We are in the process of planning a diversity that's University of Louisville-wide symposium that will be happening yearly, so we can talk about all the initiatives, all the work, and have all those leaders in the diversity D-I-E realm at UofL in one room together.
2: And I think that's helpful in a lot of what we're gonna talk about today with uh, the pipeline program yeah. that, that we wanted to talk with you about. I think there's so many pieces like that where you just don't know it's happening because you know you don't have time to read L today (laughs) or you you know it's uh you're not in the department that's sending out the email but it's directly relevant to the work you're doing or could be you know modeled explicitly with your patient population but you just don't know what's happening so that's so important absolutely
1: So let's jump into the pipeline program. So tell us about it and how did it get started? And
0: so we recognized about um, six months or so into our COVID vaccination efforts that when we were starting to see numbers decline, that we had to engage other populations that had historically not been engaged in the fight to get people vaccinated. And the youth was where we turned. So we partnered with JCPS to do a COVID vaccination program event at Central High School. And I met a teacher there named Chantel Reed. And she said, I'm the pre-medical magnet program teacher. And she said, do you want to come up and see my classroom? And I was like, yeah. So I went up to see the classroom. And this was the classroom where kids that are interested in being healthcare professionals learn and imagine themselves in as doctors, mm-hmm. nurse practitioners. And I walked into their classroom and uh, there were some skeletons hanging up, maybe an IV pole, one bed that looked like it was from 1940s. And that was it. And these kids were supposed to go to school and dream of one day becoming a doctor and being the first in their family. Mm -hmm. And that was the environment that they were dreaming in, let alone what it's like to live in West Louisville right now for so many of them. And I went home and it just sat with me. And uh, for those that don't know, and I was new to Louisville, Central High School is like five minutes away from us. It's down the street. It became abundantly clear that not only did we need to engage these kids, but L Health needed to engage with this high school and kind of wrap its arms around it. Um, and that's kind of how it was born. And it is blossomed into what I think is going to be the most integrated and innovative magnet program in the country.
2: Wow. So what does that engagement look like?
0: Yeah, so we have reimagined their curriculum, and now their four years of high school are mimicked after a medical student's curriculum. So they go to high school, and when they go to Central in their freshman year, they go to all the different magnets. So Central has a pre-medical magnet, a dental magnet, veterinary science magnet, all kinds. And they kind of see them all out, like college would be, and then they choose what they want to do. So they start, they interview for the medical magnet, and they're selected, and they start in their junior year. Their junior year is their systems year. So they're learning cardio, uh pulmonary. And we're going to have U of L doctors do a lecture once a week in all of those systems. We'll also be doing didactics for them. In their second year, they will continue and go through the systems. And then their third year, they do their junior year, they do their clinical year. So they get one day a week, a one day um, every block. So a block is about a month period. And they rotate through all of the core specialties. So you'll see a Central High School junior student in OB, where they'll shadow an OB. Then they go to surgery, psych, all of the core specialties that they would. And then what's really fun is in their fourth year, they get to match. They get to say, this is what I really loved, and this is what I want to get more exposure to. So they match and get more one-on-one mentorship with a single doctor that they get um, for two days a week. During that time in their senior year, they're getting dual college credit as well. So they're taking dual college credit courses at UofL. We have arranged to have ACT prep for these kids in order to get their ACT scores up. And the goal, the end goal, is to have them say, I graduated from Central. We already um, will see them go to UofL and integrate them into Porter Scholars and keep these kids at UofL and at UofL School of Medicine with potentially scholarships and resources available to them as they progress.
2: So, where do, the, where do the resources for a program like this come from? I mean, logistically, that's got to be an immense amount of, uh, you know, like, scheduling and finding the um, transportation, yeah, the, and where yeah, does this just, come from?
0: So, that's the, I mean, and that's, I think, the part of why you listen to this podcast, okay. is, is you start off with this idea, and then you start recognizing, oh, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be, and Full disclosure: the first couple of months are really hard. The first couple of months, or after I get off of work, I'm doing a lot of it. Um, But then, as the idea catches fire, medical students are interested, college students are interested. I have residents who say, "I will be the point person for this clerkship." Residency clerkship directors, who we email now, have access to a Google Doc where they have the kids that are going to be on their rotation and they schedule them. There, it's we have kids scheduled out for the entire year already. We've got parking passes donated from UofL Health so the kids that drive can go there for free. We've got TARP, I think it's um, the, the public transportation line, that will pick them up at Central and take them to L for their clerkship rotation. Some parents drive them. I mean, what's beautiful is that we've found, as problems have come up, we've found the resources that have been so easy to fix those problems. And everyone has been saying, what else, what more, what more can we do? It's been really incredible.
2: Have you gotten any feedback from students that are participating?
0: It's the coolest part. So I don't just get <laughs> feedback, I get videos. And in for when you see, so if for those that are listening, you will see these Central students. They have black scrubs that say, Central High School. Okay. Their motto is, the, the their mascot is the yellow jacket. So you'll okay. see a little yellow jacket on there. These kids have such beautiful stories. And these kids remind me so much of how I grew up. Um, and these kids have... So many of them have seen so much and have overcome so much. And to see, to get videos of some of them saying, you know, today changed my life. I decided that I want to be a surgeon. I wanna be an internal medicine doctor. These kids are going back to class and drawing pictures of hearts and talking about like the, you know, heart, cardiac defect that we saw in clinic today and teaching their classmates. They are so excited. And their teacher sends me videos, TikToks, yeah, <laughs> all kinds everything. of things of things that they're learning. I mean it's it's beautiful and it's the goal and it's working.
1: Talk about the research aspect of this. Yeah. What are you doing as far as or the plan? Um, for tracking these students, um, you know, because this could be a great opportunity to bring even more resources and uh, you know other high schools and pilot it at you know all over, over the country. So, have you thought about the research aspect and? That sort of thing?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, the, the goal is for other academic institutions to copycat this and make it better. I mean, that's what I would love. One of the first things we recognized is that uh, the graduates of the MAGNET program currently, a lot of the times we did not know where they were going. We did not know what was happening. But what we did know is a lot of employees at L would come up to us and say, I went to Central. Thank you for starting this program. So th- there's a lot at UofL. We have a nurse on labor and delivery who said, I wanted to go into medical school. But when I saw how much money it cost, I decided I was going to go a different route. But if I had this magnet program in place, I would have done it. That's the importance of this. So we have set up tracking to know where these students are going to college. We have uh, gathered baseline ACT numbers. So we'll be able to see what improvement these ACT preparation courses have offered um, and whether or not that's improved their success rates. We have um, with the mentoring, the goal of the mentoring is to not only have it while they're here, but have it go on after they've gotten into college, um, having follow-up availability for MCAT prep courts is, is as well as they kind of make that transition to college student. We're hopeful to keep a lot at L yeah. because we really, the one thing about Louisville is they're passionate about their community, they serve their community, and we think that if we can keep them at L for college, we can keep them at L for medical school. And then ultimately, success stories like Dr. Jamal Ritchie, who's, you know, a Central High School graduate, who's now going to be one of our new docs working at the Urgent Care Plus, that's what we want to create, is Jamal's.
2: So how do you get physicians involved in a program like this?
0: Uh, great question. So if you're on one of the core clerkships, so OBGYN, surgery, um, emergency, you'll see these students. So ask your clerk's residency program or uh, medical student clerkship director that you would like a student to shadow with you or that opportunity, or you would be willing to have um, shadowers. If you are willing to have a senior student who's interested in your specialty, that's another opportunity. More one-on-one opportunity really to know the student one-on-one versus the junior students as well. Um, And then also if you have other opportunities or think that you know you're not currently seeing these central students but you think that you have a great practice that they would get great clinical experience send us send me an email um we can you know all my email is always available um and we're happy to get them in
2: and we can link that in the show notes absolutely it's easy to find absolutely if if you're one of these students like walk me through what a day shadowing with you would be like
0: oh so they would show up two rounds at seven o'clock and they would be met by the uh, third-year antepartum resident who would um, walk them into the room. They would see how we signed out our transition from day to night. Um, and then after that, they would get changed into their scrubs. We would go over the cases of the day. So they may walk in and see a C-section. And then we would see maybe a cerclage. Then we would go round on our patients. And then that's probably 11 o'clock would take us to there. And then we would say, get some lunch because we're going to clinic. And then get lunch, we'd go to clinic. We would um, see all of our high-risk patients in clinic with the residents maybe do more procedures there some ultrasounds and amniocentesis and then at each point um you'd be right there we'd be talking things through and the nice thing is, is we can these kids know so much and we put it in the context of things that they see every day they're answering questions by the end it's really beautiful and from first so they you know we started um just a few weeks ago so we're on our third rotation the first block they were so timid and so nervous oh yeah I bet. now it's like They know it. They know where the cafeteria is. They know the doctor. They are raising their hands, answering questions. They're so engaged. It's beautiful to see.
1: So you're building that, sorry, the word just- Community? Well, not only the community, but the student's capacity, right? Because if they come in as a, a, you know, a timid, they're not really sure, but, but here you're providing this experience so that as they continue along this path, they are much more confident than they would have been- compared to peers
0: absolutely and it's not just the the comfort at L and knowing where things are and knowing the physical space it's the confidence of knowing that I've been in a room with people with white coats before doctors medical students and I have was strong enough and brave enough to raise my hand and say what I thought and that is armor that it gives you so that when you're ready to do the same thing in college, it's not the first time that you've done it before. And it's, I mean, if we could go back so far, it's so layered and, and, oh, and that, that strength that it takes to do that for these kids is huge, but they are so
2: engaged. Do you get any feedback from the medical students or residents?
0: So one of the coolest things is uh, a group of medical students found out about this project and they, um, A, said, how do we become more involved? And then B, tried to expand upon it. So while this is the central partnership with Central High School, we're also in the midst of planning a larger program that's available to JCPS widely with monthly didactics led by medical students. And this is the thing is these projects branch out and then like the feelers just go everywhere. And we have a fantastic group of medical students that are in the early stages of planning, but they're talking about didactics in different high schools around JCPS. You can kind of go to their turf um, and then also having summer events where they can come to L as well. And I mean again Silo we're doing a lot right. of summer events now but to be able to do like one really really big one with with multiple high schools and get them in would be just is the ultimate
1: goal. I'm an educator and so from the educator's perspective you know one of the most important things that any learner can have is pre-existing knowledge about something because it's hard to learn something new unless you have something to hook it on and so what you are doing is providing all of these these high school students some pre-existing knowledge that they can take forward with them so as they're in these more in-depth biology and chemistry classes and and all the other prereqs that they'll have to take before going to medical school they're gonna be able to hook on to these experiences that you are providing for them right now now.
2: Even when you see them in the, you know, their PBL groups, yeah. um, when the first AAM ones, you can tell the students that have shadowing experience because they yes. just have so much more context. Right, and you know the other students, they will hopefully catch up or they'll get more context as they go through med school. But like, you can pinpoint who in the room because they just they have the language, they have the comfort, they have. Like say science. Yeah. able to make those connections. It's a huge, uh, a huge benefit in a way that I don't think you think. Oh, I'm just following a doctor around. It's way more than it's that.
0: So much more. And you know, we, I think the trauma department here at U of L has done so much fantastic work um, in the uh, diversity realm. And and one of the things that I've you know really taken from the work that they've done is, the people who. I truly believe are going to solve a lot of the problems in Louisville, gun violence and, um, and crime and, and housing insecurity, are the people who were raised in the community because they have skin in the game these kids the resources, whether it be academically, um, through scholarships or those things, to equip them with the knowledge to really put it into place and to, to be passionate about this. You learn most and you are the best at things you are passionate about or have experience about, and that's what I'm so excited about is these kids, if we can just get them there, we'll go back and they will change Louisville.
2: So we always ask our guests if there's one thing that you'd like listeners to do after they hear this episode, what would you recommend our listeners do?
0: Think about something that bothers you, that you've always thought, I wish we could do this or, you know, or this is just the U of L way. And then think about something that you could put into place to change it and talk to somebody about it and see if they've thought about it too. And then run your plans by each other and then put something on paper.
1: Dr. Eddie Miller, we are so thrilled you joined us today, and I think you're gonna be a, a recurring guest so that we can I would love to be. On top of all
0: things. Well, we're gonna bring some of our students next time. I was gonna 100%. say, percent
1: to to yeah. Absolutely, we <laughs> yeah. will bring students next time. If you want to up your game or enhance your skills in the academic setting, this is the place to be. As together, we strive to make the University of Louisville a great place to learn, a great place to work, and a great place to discover and connect. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links and additional resources about today's episode. And feel free to contact us at facfeed at louisville.edu. That's F-A-C-F-E-E-D at louisville.edu.
2: Join us next time for more and come hungry.